Welcome to the CEO and Overflow podcast. My name is Emily Haas, and this week, this recording is from my free series and my free Facebook group, M's Gems. And what I loved about this one is unexpectedly, it went to an hour. And usually, these trainings are 30 minutes, no more, no less. And someone made a comment, it wasn't really a question, and they wanted me to riff on holding the space in between the sales, the process that I go through, have gone through to really do that and not make when people aren't buying right away or when it's quiet mean anything about me and my business. So in the beginning, we do dive a little bit into strategy as well. So I'm excited for you to listen to this. I have a feeling, especially with this time of year, that you could use this episode. So with that being said, let's get into it. Ah, we are live. I think we're live. Are we? And here we are. Okay. Welcome to M's Gems. I honestly don't know what episode this is. I think it's episode four of the series. So I'm so, so excited about this. I'm so glad I started this. And guys, look out for 2023 because I have some major plans on how we're going to revamp this. Production-wise, your girl is getting on TikTok for sure. I'm actually going to start before the new year, but this office is going to look completely different. So I am definitely leaning on support over Christmas break from my family to help me with interior decorating because your girl went to fashion school, but she does not know. I literally find individually really cute things, but then putting them together is my biggest challenge. So innovation is really going to be 2023. Like I am revamping all of my current offers, experiences, things like that, and just always taking things to the next level. So I'm so, so excited for you guys to experience that with this series. With that being said, anything that you guys want me to audit today, your content, your stories, your offers, mindset struggles that you are experiencing right now, challenges, new edges you are facing with emotional intelligence, holding yourself in between the results. What is it that you want me to speak on? Drop it in the comments and I am happy to give some gems. So, so there's that. I'd love support leading through live programs. Okay, so do you want to know about the logistics of how I run my live group programs? Let me know, like a little bit more specific. I'm going to share with you some things that I have worked through yesterday. Yesterday was really heavy. I worked on a lot of emotional intelligence. I was doing shadow work. I have done shadow work with my feminine empowerment coach before, but we haven't done it consistently. We've worked on a plethora of things over the past two years in terms of my confidence, who's in my life, who's not, cleaning up relationships, how I'm attracting certain people in my life. So yesterday there was a lot of breakthroughs around like me completely owning where I'm at in all areas of my life and like actually celebrating that and being proud of it rather than like getting caught up in, oh, but I still have so much more to go and I haven't found my person yet. And like all of this stuff that we can get caught up in, in terms of like always wanting more. And something I really want to share with you guys around that is like something that really 
landed with me and really hit me is that like, is it actually a problem or am I like getting myself to a point where it is a problem so that I can use the excuse that I'm struggling with something or I'm working through something to stay in it, right? So we can do this a lot and thank God for mentorship and recognizing our blind spots, but I was definitely there yesterday. So, okay, Nora said, yeah, some logistics. I also battle with feeling like it's not gonna be good enough. I wanna serve my clients the best way possible and fear falling short in some way. Have you ever feared this and how do you move through it? Yes, Nora, I have experienced this. Because Nora, like even before I stepped into micro offers, I had a big 12-week group program called the Empowered Coach Academy. It literally ran for eight rounds. And before I started that, I hadn't really had a legit group program. I mean, I had it with fitness, but I hadn't had it with business coaching yet. So of course, stepping into something new as an authority, I wanted to projectile vomit, thinking about like, oh my God, like what if I don't fill it? What if it's not going to be good enough, right? So the way that I worked through that, I'm just going to speak into that first and then I can get into logistics, is whether it was a big group program or even when I stepped into micro offers, I had the same fear come up for me because I'm like, I can do 12 weeks. I've sold a 12-week group program, but I've never sold a two or three-week group program. So is that going to be enough for people? Is it going to be enough value? Are they going to ask for refunds? Are they going to get mad at me? Like there was just there was just a lot going on there in terms of like me not thinking it was gonna be enough. And the regardless of the length of the program, the feeling was the same. And how I worked through that was, am I at least two steps ahead of my ideal client? Like the person that this is the perfect fit for, am I at least two steps ahead of them? Yeah, duh, I'm like five steps ahead of them. I'm six steps ahead. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes when we actually just bring it down to having a logistical like very realistic conversation with ourselves and less emotional we can really realize like oh the thing i'm teaching on i am already like two steps if not more ahead of them or like my ideal client in this area so how do i not have authority speaking on this like i am living out these results I am experiencing it in my day to day. I'm able to like riff on it for hours because I've worked through it, right? When we haven't reached a level of mastery around something, like, and someone asks us a question about it or we're asked to coach on it, do you know what it feels like when we haven't reached a level of mastery? It feels like almost like a trigger. Like, it feels like I was speaking about this with one of my mentors yesterday. It like feels like a trigger. It feels like we're still like working through it, we're still mastering it versus when someone asks us a question around something we've already mastered, we're like, yeah, like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's dive in, right? So like, if you're very relaxed. You're not like, oh, am I going to say the wrong thing? And so it's like, there could be things that maybe you don't teach on in this first initial round of the group program. And I think a lot of coaches don't take radical responsibility for like remaining in integrity with that. They just want to jump two steps ahead or they put expectations on themselves that like, oh, like because I am teaching people how to sell out their launch, like people are going to want to know if like how to run ads during a launch. Like can you imagine if I told myself that, like there's going to be people that are going to want to join this program who run ads. So I have to cater to them. You are not going to be able to please everyone. Not everybody is meant to work with you. Right. And like, I'm actually happy about that because 
I don't want to work with everyone, right? Like, I, I physically can, but also at the same time, like, I'm not meant to coach everyone. So do you know what's going to make you feel the most confident is when you just include the things that you know, when you just include the things that you can speak on for hours that like you are naturally really good at. So like, even though I've hired a team, even though I've trained my team, right, on what I want them to do, I don't really feel like I, I like am a master at training teams. Like I'm just not like I basically figured shit out when I hired my team and was like, yeah, I'll just like record myself doing this. And then we can have a call and talk about it. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Right. Like, so I would never include in a program how to build systems out for your team, because honestly, I'm not great at it. Like I'm just, it's not something that I would include in a program, but the things I am going to include are like literally things that are second nature, right? Because you need to take yourself, it's hard to see the picture when you're stuck in the frame. So you need to take yourself out of the frame and realize like, oh, the things that are a given to me, the things that I do just every day with my business and my clients, it's common sense to me, but it's not common sense to even the majority of the population. Like, right? Like, you know, like the things that I do every day in my business, like, if a random person came up on the street and I were to ask them if they knew how to do those things, they probably wouldn't know how to do them, right? So like we need to just actually ground ourselves for a second and realize that like the things that we are natural to us in this area that we coach on aren't common sense to our ideal client, right? Or they wouldn't be following us. They wouldn't be engaging in our stuff. They wouldn't be getting value, right? But we, you need to remember that, okay? So that's one. Second thing is in terms of working through that and continuing to work through that, Nora, is really you owning the things that you know in your content and not just trying to own it all of a sudden when you're trying to sell something. And I think that's the thing that people miss is they're like, and that's why launches suck for most people is because they're like, oh, now I got to like talk about this and like really explain it to my audience. And then they get into the over explaining energy, whereas like, my audience, when I sell the majority of my stuff, they're like, oh, duh, like, yeah, of course she's selling this because she already talks about this so much in her content. Like, it's very clear to people that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to content because one, my content is so good, right? It's so valuable, I can say that. Like, I have spent a lot of time getting my content to a place where I am activated by my content, right? So it's that piece, but also it's like, this is where the brand pillars piece comes into play. And I hate even using that phrase because I'm just like, just start talking about the things that you love talking about, the things that you want to own, the things that you want to be known for. And then what can happen is naturally you're going to create offers about those things, right? Because you wouldn't be talking about them in your content if it wasn't something you've already been mastering. And right. And then you want it. You're naturally just going to want to be like, yeah, let's take it a step further. Here's my three week program, you know, on how to sell out your launch or how to attract clients from your content or how to build a hot audience. Right. So this just this natural progression that's going to happen. And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying wait to sell this or start this group program till you've made X amount of posts about launching right or made x amount of posts about content like what i'm saying is do both at the same time right do this all the time 
like really get clear on what do you actually want to be known for? So what you'll never see in my content is I will never talk about hiring a team, delegating, building systems, because I don't want to be known for that. I also don't want to create offers about it. So it's not even going to make sense leading with it in my brand and the posts that I make and things like that and the things that I teach. In terms of logistics, three-week group program is focused on one topic. That is literally a micro offer. It's focused on one topic, right? Mastering one, maybe at most two things, right? So right now, it's like my micro offer is no-brainer offer. That kicks off in January, and that is a three-week program on how to create no-brainer offers for your audience, right? How to really tap into your own innovation so your offers are actually going to stand out in 2023 rather than continuing to blend in. And I'm also teaching you how to sell multiple things at once without burning out your audience because I've truly mastered that. I could talk about that all day long. So the logistics and what that looks like is it's a private Facebook group, right? So that means you have to create that. And that Facebook group doesn't open until the day the program starts. Now, each training is taught inside of that private Facebook group. So what that looks like, in case I you know, have to share my screen or whatever, I usually stream from a private Zoom meeting into the Facebook group. That's a feature through Zoom. You absolutely don't have to do that. I like doing that because it's easier for my team to just grab those recordings from my Zoom account rather than like going to the Facebook group, downloading them, blah, 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 right? So that's what we do. And because I like to know that I can share my screen if I really need it versus on a live stream, like if you're just going into a live stream off of the Facebook group, you can't do that, okay? So this is a feature on Zoom. I think you have to have a certain account. Like again, I am not a tech person, so please just Google this. But we do that, right? Then the support piece, here's what this looks like. The same way you guys are interacting with me now in the comments, you're submitting your questions. This is the same way that people get access to me in a live group program. So there's not hot seat coaching, right? Because it's a live stream. So no one is in the Zoom meeting with me. I'm just making that clear. How you tune in is you join the private Facebook group and watch the live stream, right? So then if you have questions as I am teaching you, right, how to create micro offers, right, as I am teaching you how to build signature offers, evergreen offers, all the things I'm teaching in that program, as I am teaching it training by training, you are submitting your questions and then I am answering them as I teach, right? So that'll not, not only enrich the training even more, right, because you guys might have questions that I didn't even think of, but at the same time, you are getting support. You are learning and I'm coaching at the same time, okay? So then what happens is how it's three weeks long, just so that I can clarify this, there's gonna be a total of eight trainings. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Monday, Wednesday. Wednesday, that last Wednesday, is always an open Q&A. So there's in total like seven trainings and then I do a Q&A. Now, not all live group programs or mine are like that. Some of them are just two weeks long where it's six trainings total, including the Q&A. Then what happens, regardless of the length, my team after that, because Facebook does always does this like random cleanup where they'll take down live streams and whatever, 
what they will do is they download each of the trainings, they upload them to a private YouTube playlist, and then that private YouTube playlist is posted in the private group and we're like, hey, grab the playlist, you have lifetime access, right? And that's considered the course, quote unquote, that goes with the program, even though I literally just taught live, right? But now you get the replays to those live streams at the very end of the program. Every single time there's a training though, my team will just start downloading it to YouTube, make it unlisted so that no one can like search for it. Only the people in the course have it. And then each training, they will post the replay in the group. And then at the very end, they take the link to the playlist and post it in the group. It is fun. It's fun. Okay. So I hope that supports you. Okay. Jenny said, I would love for you to share any guidance around staying motivated, trusting in myself in the lead up to growing momentum in my business. So I am still putting out content, showing up to be visible, attract future clients, but I haven't gotten to the point of signing anyone up. I've pivoted recently, so I'm starting over, but would love to hear your thoughts around just keep going when there's nothing happening. Ooh, this is a theme. This is a theme, okay? Amongst so many people, right? Right now, even the mastermind I'm in, we talk about this stuff every day. So like my mentor, the rest of like her clients as well, we talk about this. So my peers, my clients. So Jenny, you are not alone. I would love everybody. There's six people watching this. What Jenny just said, have you guys been experiencing this or like noticing this? So Robin, I don't know who else is on the live stream. So holding the space in between the sales and the results. Who else has been experiencing that? We're having to like work through that. Okay, Nora said, great, cue, Jenny. Who else? Who else? I would love to know before we dive into it because you're gonna wanna get ready for this one. So while you guys are typing, if you have not watched Powerfully Unattached like at least three times because there was so much said in that masterclass. It's one of my best masterclasses of this year slash ever, I think. If you guys haven't watched that, like watch it literally three times over because everything that Jenny just asked about and spoke into, that's what that masterclass was for because this is how actually how many times this comes up and this is a reoccurring theme in the coaching space is people not being comfortable with the void. People not being comfortable when things are quiet. People not being comfortable when there's stillness. Okay, so my mentor was talking about this a couple days ago, one of my mentors, and she said this quote and I could not agree with her more. She was like, the reason why people stay in stillness and silence is because when there's stillness and silence, that's how they react with more stillness and silence. And if you think about it, she was trying to really explain it in this like scientific way. And she said, do you know what I do when things are still and silent? I get louder and I move and I'm like, fuck yes, so do I, right? Like, so like, literally, here's what I do when things are still and silent. And then I can talk about the rest of this and how you can really like work through this on a regular basis. When things are still and silent, I don't make it mean anything about my business. Like I, I don't. And that's where, especially walking into a new year, you guys have to have to choose consciously what problems you're no longer available for. Like things that you used to make into a problem and get all twisted and tangled up into like, 
uh, the silence means my business is going to shit and no one's ever going to sign up and people don't care what I have to say and blah, 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 blah. Like now being in a space of when that starts to creep in, catching it and being like, this gets to go over here. Like I viscerally feel it go away when I like can like catch it like that. Right. And it's not that it never happens. That's not what I'm saying. It's not that it never comes up. It's just your snapback rate gets much, much quicker. So if you guys have ever looked at palm trees, palm trees during a storm, they get blown over all the way to when they're like this, but they never snap. They never snap. They literally get like wind and rain and hurricanes and all this, but they literally never snap the branch. And I used to tell my clients, like, are you going to be a palm tree or are you going to be a twig? Right? Like, it's like, literally, like having that mentality, like of being able to snap back, right? Because it's thick and like heavy and grounded and whatever. Like, I don't know trees, but like, it's like literally palm trees are like that. People always use the bamboo, like, you know, comparison or analogy. I'm honestly so sick of it. I'm like, literally, we get the bamboo thing, like it grows over time and blah, blah, blah. Like I get it, right? Okay, at the same time, the reason why I use that or bring that up is because this is the muscle that we are responsible for continuing to work in our business. The problem is, is that people are like only do this when their backs up against the wall, right? Like when they're like really in the thick of it and they're like really having an issue and things like they're really letting it get to them, right? It's like, what if we could practice doing this all the time? Like really having a powerful snapback rate. Like guys, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's now 11.24, two and a half hours ago, I was in tears, stressed about something, like upset, didn't get a lot of sleep last night kind of thing. And it all just kind of like came at once. And I didn't like go, yep, like not happening. It's not a problem. But I also don't go, oh, like this day is shit. I'm not going to show up. Like, you know, after this, like, I don't let myself go there either. Here's where you can stay neutral and not turn it, get tangled up in it, right? is when there's silence and stillness, you actually feeling through that discomfort. Because the reason why coaches don't move forward after this happens is, or people in general, like the void of anything, fear of the unknown, is because they make it mean something about them, right, right away. And then actions or lack of action follows that. So all you're doing is like mirroring what's going on with your sales, right? With more stillness and silence. Now, let's say you're somebody who's still showing up and blah, 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 blah. And like, yeah, but like, here's why you should buy it and blah, blah, blah. Well, you're making what's currently going on right now and someone just not signing up yet or the results not happening yet, meaning that they're never gonna buy. So then what happens is the opposite or what can happen is you end up exhausting yourself trying to sell your audience on like, but no, this is why you should buy from me and blah, 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 blah. And then you talk about your offers 5 million times in a day, right? Like the same thing over and over again, rather than just being like, 
this is what it is. I know you're sold. I know you want to work with me. I know this is going to happen. I know it's all going to add up in the end. Here's what I have going on. Right? And I know you guys are probably thinking, but um, I need clients because this is my full-time thing and whatever. And like, I am where I'm at or like, I get it. Like clients, you make money when you sign a client. I completely understand that. I'm not dismissing that. And at the same time, it's like you need to put yourself in a position, though, where, and this is where I still would be, honestly, like if I hadn't signed clients my first year of coaching, and this is me being 100% honest with you, I would be personal training at a gym still. Or I would be like doing something that was still contributing to what I loved doing. Like I honestly didn't think staying in fashion design made sense with where I wanted to go. But me in-person personal training, right? Building relationships, learning more about physical fitness and having an online fitness coaching business, that was something I was thought was worth it, right? Like, yes, I'm having extra income so that I'm not showing up in scarcity or putting pressure on clients or people I get on the phone with to work with me because I have no other income coming in. Like this is where I'm all about like self-awareness, right? So for me personally, I know myself and I work really well under pressure. Like I just always have. I work really well under pressure. So I actually wasn't worried about you know, just having some savings, right, in my account, which wasn't a lot, by the way, and like immediately going all in on my coaching business. And people don't talk about this shit. That's why I like want to be transparent about this. But at the same time, there's some of my clients who they work a lot better, like having some runway, right? But if a whole year went by, and I wasn't signing anyone, I would be like, okay, well, clearly at some point I'd be running out of money and like I need to take responsibility for that. And it's not my audience's fault that I put myself in that like that position, right? So I'm the only one who can get myself out of it. But here's the thing. I trusted myself that I would be able to get a job, right? Even if it was, but I wouldn't make getting a job mean that my fitness coaching business online wasn't going to happen if I had to do that right? I would just make it mean like, okay, this is going to take a little bit more consistency and time, but I'm committed to this no matter what. And this is what I want to circle it back to is people say they're committed no matter what, but then as soon as results aren't happening or they haven't signed a client or it's one launch and no one's buying, it's like, oh, like, but no one's buying, what do I do? And like, you know, like, or they wanna throw in the towel. And then it's like, well, that tells me you're committed only when there's results. Like that would be like, and this is the analogy I use all the time. If you're in a romantic relationship and you guys have one fight, and it's pretty bad, right? You have a fight, you have an argument. You immediately throw in the towel, you immediately think like, this isn't gonna work out, whatever. And this is like your first fight. Or you just get into like a little argument and you're like, oh, well, this is the second fight. Like, I guess it's not meant to be. And you throw in the towel, right? But you love this person. They treat you really well. Like, whatever. Just like your business. You're so obsessed with it. Like, you're in love with it. You love coaching people. Like, you can't imagine doing anything else. 
Like, you know, this is what you're meant to be doing. Well, then you're committed no matter what, right? So even when I was sitting in my parents' house, living with them for four months, because they gave us a cutoff time, me and my boyfriend, when I left corporate, they were like, you have four months to figure your shit out. Like you can stay here, but like get to work basically, right? Because they didn't fully understand coaching. They didn't get what I was doing. And it was really up to me to be like, okay, yeah, like, fuck, this is now the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth sales call that hasn't closed. And I'm only trying to sell $200 a month packages, <laughs> right? Like, I was like, this is never going to work. Oh my God. I had nights where I was bawling my eyes out to my boyfriend thinking I was doing something wrong. I started to blame what I looked like. I'm like, I'm not fit enough. I'm not skinny enough. People don't want to like work with me. I mean, I was going in all different unhealthy directions. Okay. So you know what happened? I literally created my own reality after that. So instead of avoiding investing in myself again, because I already gone through a 5k group program and hadn't signed one client. You guys know that story. My boyfriend made 9k right away. He was crushing it. But he made 9k and then he didn't keep it. He didn't keep up with it because the program was very much set up like, you know, make 10k overnight and how to make quick money. And that's a whole other live stream. But like, they didn't set you up to sustainably keep your results, right? So here I was looking at him having 9K his first month in the program, and I'm over here doing the same things and not getting any results. And I was living with him. I was romantically involved with him. This was the love of my life at the time, right? So talk about comparison. I mean, you guys might be comparing like people to people who you don't live with or you don't know the rest of the picture. I knew the rest of the picture, right? Like he was my boyfriend. I saw him every day. So I really thought I wasn't good enough because I'm like, I know your morning routine. I know literally like what actions you're taking. I know that you spend this much time working. Like I was doing everything to a T that he was doing. The people you follow online, you don't know how much they're working. You don't know what they had in place. I knew everything about this person, right? And so it was such a mind fuck, but I am so grateful that that happened at the timing that it did because I was able to be like, oh, okay, I really need to back myself here. <laughs> because if I'm having a really honest conversation with myself, yes, I'm doing the same things, but it's the conversation that's going on in here. That's the difference. He believed he was good enough, right? I didn't. I was waiting for the evidence for someone to buy from me, from someone to say yes to my $200 a month package to feel good enough. He walked into those calls thinking that his fitness packages and coaching was the shit. And truly believing that and practicing believing that with every core in his body while I was like, oh, I don't want to face that. That's really uncomfortable. So like, I'm just going to memorize the sales script and like keep doing the content schedule. And then when someone says yes, I'll start believing. 
Mm -mm. You become the source. You become the vibe. You set the standard of how you want people to view you. And this is why in all my courses about building a hot audience, I'm like, if you skip that step, good luck. Because people feel through the screen when, feel through a phone call, whatever way you are trying to make money right now or build your business, people feel that shit. They literally smell it. They're like, there's a, like, something's off. Uh, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'll wait till your next offer. Uh, like, and I hate saying this, guys, but most money objections you get are a polite way of people saying, like, I don't want to work with you. That's what no one talks about, right? There are instances where people literally don't have the cash flow to invest. But if you're behind the scenes going like, oh, fuck, no one's buying. And like, I really don't believe. And what am I going to do? And oh, like, it's never going to work. But then in your content and on your posts, you're like, own your power and believe in yourself and, you know, anything can happen and, and whatever your messaging is, there's a mismatch. Focus on being the person that someone would want to work with when no one's watching, right? Something that we skip over so many times is how we view ourselves has people use this word embodiment in our space so much. And I'm literally just like, you know what embodiment is? You actually viewing yourself the way you want your audience to view you. You actually living your life in between the sales because you want to feel better. Because that's actually how you want to live your life. Not so you're like, oh, look at my life. I'm living my life. See how unattached I am? Please buy from me because I'm unattached. Um, yeah, see how unattached I am? That's what people are doing. Choose this Jenny and everyone on this live stream. Choose to be this person and view yourself this way, right? Choose to see your offers as so fucking valuable because you don't need anyone or anything to know your worth, right? And because you are modeling for your clients and for your audience and the clients that haven't worked with you yet and are about to, and what if there's people moving money around just to work with you right now? What if there's people who are like, yep, I'm all set, like a thousand more dollars I'm going to save up before I hire Jenny. Like that's the shit we're not focusing on, right? Like what if all of that is happening, right? What if all of that is happening and the only thing that is going to throw people off from moving forward is the lack of integrity going on, right? Lack of integrity meaning the messaging, the front-facing image, the stories, the quotes that you put up on your, you know, your feed, your whatever, like your your brand. There's a mismatch with who you're being when no one's watching, right? That is what held me accountable to wanting to get better. Not so that people would reach out but because that's the person I want to be, that's the legacy I want to leave. That's actually more important to me than money. And when that started to happen, right? Me focusing on how I viewed myself, showing up felt so much easier. Talking about my offers felt so much more exciting, right? Like I didn't need to learn any more strategy. It's like I had the strategy, but why all of a sudden was it working? Because it was like, instead of 
giving strategy all the power, I started giving myself all the power. Started giving my audience all the power, I started giving myself all the power. Instead of giving timelines all the power, I gave myself the power. And that is something where when you understand that like me owning my power, living my life in between the sales, right? Because I'm doing it for me, I'm not doing it circumstantially. Like that is something that no one can take away from you. That is something where if you don't master this now, when the money comes, when the client comes, it's never going to feel enough. It's really never going to feel enough. Like, could you have imagined that you've gotten like that you would come this far? This is for everybody on this live stream. Would you guys have like really thought 10 years ago? Because 10 years ago, I was 20 or 29. Oh my God. No, I was 19. I was 19. I was still kind of in the depths of like orthorexia. I was in my first year of fashion school. Do you know what I thought the rest of my life was? Working for Nike, but that was my focus. So much so I would introduce myself to people, random people at college. Hi, my name's Emily. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna work for Nike someday. I would literally say it and speak it into existence. Do you know what happened? Talk about manifestation. Senior year, they decide to just come to our school out of nowhere. This is gonna go for an hour, by the way. We're gonna do an hour, because I love you guys so much, okay? But I wanna tell this story really quickly, because you can definitely take this and relate it to how confidently and proudly you're speaking your reality into existence, right? And this also had to do with how I viewed myself. I mean, I had all these insecurities, right? I was still like dieting and working out really hard and doing all these things with my body. Boys was a whole other thing, right? But I was confident in what I was capable of, right? Nike, Nike. Not like a random boutique or like whatever, like Nike. I was like, yep, I'm gonna work there at 19 years old. Started saying that, started introducing myself to people. Senior year, four years later after doing this, I interned at a bunch of places. Diane von Furstenberg I was interning at. I interned at Catherine Malandrino, other designers, right? Who I had like, I was like, I don't wanna do dresses. I don't wanna do like ready to wear. Like I wanna do workout clothes, right? But it was all experience. I was like, the space in between the results, right? Like this is like, I, this is required, right? Like I, I want experience in this industry. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I just want experience, okay? Some of them were paid, some of them weren't. Then I get my first active wear internship out in LA the summer before senior year. Still, literally, I'm looking in the face of a quote unquote competitor. And I'm like, I literally said to her, I'm like, yep, I'm gonna work for Nike someday. So now for three years straight, I've been saying this. Senior year comes around, I'm finishing my thesis. We had to create 75 pieces of clothing by the end of the year. So no sleep, this multiple times a day, right? Like constantly sewing, drawing, putting together portfolios, digital portfolios, like so much work, right? And I am literally sleep deprived sewing something and I'm in this workshop and all of a sudden this email comes through, I think it was eating lunch or something. 
and it comes through on my phone and it says Nike is coming to Parsons. That's where I went to school. And I was like, what? Like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, yeah, like seniors who were chosen for interviews will be taken after the presentation. I said, I didn't get an email about like submitting your portfolio or anything. I was fucking pissed. I was pissed. I was like, I didn't get any email. What is this? Like, I was like digging up in my spam and all this stuff, like my school email, this came through, nothing. I never got anything. So here I am going like, oh, like, they, like I deserve this and blah, 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 blah. Do you think I just said, oh, I guess next year, I guess like I'll just try in the summer or something. This was the last year. Like I graduated in a couple months or I would graduate in two and a half months from then. So I'm like, it's now or never. I literally spent the rest of the night putting together a portfolio, finishing last minute pieces to bring to them and show them. That morning that they came to our school, I dressed in head to toe Nike. I literally walked into the auditorium where the presentation was. Then after the presentation, they were gonna take seniors who were sitting in the front row who got picked. I don't know, like I literally don't know to this day how I didn't get anything. But the people sitting in the front row would go and interview for basically a position after school to like work for them, like when we graduated. I walked in the auditorium, literally binder, portfolio, ready to go, all in Nike, all in Nike. I walked straight to the front row. There was one empty seat on the left where all the seniors were. I walked over the empty seat, sat down like I was supposed to be there. Just sat there. Okay, inside, I'm like scared shitless. Like, I'm like, oh my God, what if someone's going to come up to me? And oh my God, what the fuck I just do? Like, blah, blah, blah. Sat there. They did the entire presentation. And then... I get up and follow the rest of the seniors into the interview room. And then they asked me, hey, like, what is your interview time slot? And you know what I said? Oh, it's so weird. You know, I didn't get an email. Like, I never got like a confirmation or anything. Confidence, confidence. <laughs> Do you know what happened? The one person whose spot I was sitting in never showed up overslept, blew it off, probably made up a story that they weren't going to get it for four years without any evidence. Do you know how many times I like went to Nike events in New York? Do you know how many people I met where I was like, here, take my email, stay in touch with me. They never got back to me. They never emailed me about an internship. Freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year. I became the evidence, as my mentor would say, right? Instead of waiting for it. So yes, I was speaking it into existence, but I walked into that room like I was supposed to be there after four years of nothing. And to top it all off, me not getting an email about this interview, me not even formally getting picked for an interview, right? Nothing was going to stop me. I was committed no matter what. You know what happened? The CEO of Nike, his sister, was the one interviewing us. 
I thought it was going to be someone from HR, some rando, right, who works for Nike doing hiring and recruiting. It was the CEO's sister interviewing us. So I go in with my, I like my little portfolio. I remember this. I remember the room. I remember how I felt when I was like waiting for the room. I remember being so paranoid thinking people were going to like find out I wasn't like technically chosen, right? I chose myself. That's what happened. I showed her my stuff. Her jaw was on the floor the entire time. There's something about you. I just, I can't get over this. The way your mind works, like how detail oriented you are. Like, this is amazing. I'm going to keep my eye out for you. Like, I will not forget you. She pointed right at me when I left the room. This woman was literally had no words after she saw my work. I left that interview feeling like I was so emotional. I remember calling my mom and being like, I don't want to jinx it, mom, but like, oh my God, this is what she said. And this is how she was acting and blah, 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 blah. I remember I was walking down Greenwich Village on Fifth Avenue, calling my mom. I was taking myself out to get my nails done. I, that night, acted like it was a done deal. I already got the job. <laughs> I literally started celebrating before I got a, a decision or an answer. I was just so proud of myself. I was like, even if mom, I don't get picked for this, that experience of having the CEO's sister say that to me, like I'm emotional. Like for four years straight, I had been envisioning this, saying this, all these things, right? And the person didn't show up for the interview and there was a spot and I sat there and blah, 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 blah. Like all of that, all of that because I was committed no matter what. I'm in class the next day and I am buzzing. I just feel so good. I have such a good feeling. I have like in my heart, it's just like this knowing like I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And they picked three seniors. I think there were six interview spots total. And they all had like different departments that they were going to go into. And I'm in class, so there's no service in the studio. And I'm like, okay, sometimes calls go through, sometimes they don't. So on my break, I rush up to my dorm room because I lived above the school. This was kind of a dope setup, but I lived above the school. And I went to my room and there was one new voicemail. Do you know, up until last year when I had to get a new phone, I still had that voicemail. She said, Emily, I think you're going to be really jazzed about this, but you got the job. I'm so blown away by your work. Welcome to Nike. Like, I literally collapsed on my floor. And I mean, like the power of staying committed no matter what right? Months of not signing a client. Months. Because I started trying to grow my business when I was still in corporate. Months. Trying to just sell $200 a month. Nothing. Objections, 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 nothing. People not ghosting me, not even showing up for the call. Nothing. My parents telling me, when are you going to get a real job? Do you know how many phone calls? Do you know how many arguments that was about? Just them worrying, like, what the fuck are you going to do if this doesn't work? It's not going to happen because it is going to work. <laughs> I'm going to count this for you. I left corporate October. I signed one client in January who wasn't even high ticket. I didn't 
sign anyone again until late February, beginning of March, signed two clients, then raised my prices, moved out of my parents' house, had some money now, started personal training in Portland in March. I signed my first high ticket client, high, high ticket client, like $2,700 in June. And then I left. I signed two $2,700 clients in one day. I left the gym after that. So look at all that time. Made no sense. Then by September, I was at my first 10K month. Then I had a 9K day and then I kept going. Like everybody's timeline is different. And I share this just from, there's been so many instances in my life. When you decide what you want, you will be tested so many times as to how bad you want it. And it's happened in my life with so many things. Nike was a really big one, right? My business, huge, right? If you told me I would be the position that I'm at right now in 2017, getting off a sales call that didn't close for $600 for fitness coaching. So realize how powerful you are. I didn't need anything outside of myself to make that happen other than belief and consistency. There was nothing else. There was nothing else. And consistency, I don't just mean showing up. I mean investing. I mean getting in rooms where I knew that like, hey, I really need someone to call out my blind spots because I'm throwing shit at the wall and nothing is happening, right? I need a different level of support. I'm not like, you know, I've been through group containers. Now I want one-on-one. Now I want to join a mastermind because I'm committed no matter what, right? So consistency was consistent with mentorship. Consistency with holding the space in between the sales. Consistency with posting, sharing my offers. It wasn't just the strategy, right? So how quickly are you giving up when there's not evidence versus becoming the evidence as Steph, my mentor would say, right? And there's so much truth to that. So it's like, that was who I was, right? One of the many things exes have said to me is, you know what I've learned from this relationship? I've learned from you, the power of not taking no for an answer. And I'm like, that is my wish for every person who comes into my world to literally step into that, to step into that frequency. So this was very like long winded. Okay, so I, there weren't any incoming questions, but how's everybody feeling? Okay, so Jenny, I'm so glad I shared because I wasn't going too out of feeling embarrassed. Jenny, please don't feel embarrassed. Even at the level I'm at, my mentor, my mentors, right? We all experience some level of not being able to sit with the void, right? So I actually acknowledge you in a huge way. Because even when we share something, we start to release its power over us bit by bit, okay? Honestly, other than my membership, which I run with someone else, I've not had a launch date that I sold even one place in saying that. 
I've never felt so confident in my vision. I'm going for it no matter what. Yes, Jenny, say it again. Okay, I still write out the surrender prayer you shared in a previous video, which gave me so much comfort. Oh, the surrender masterclass was so good. That was in February. Oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, I can't wait to watch the replay because I definitely lost track of time. That is real. That was me last night bawling my eyes out, doubting myself. That's where I'm at, wanted to sustain. I love that. Thank you so much. Just over here crying. Same, resonating so deeply like a boss. I'm buzzing. Lit the fuck up. So true. This year has been one of the crazy highs. I regardless of circumstances, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So good. So good. I know for me, I feel like I'm doing all the things, but clients have slowed down. I've been working more on myself to make sure I'm aligned. Thank you for reminding me of all of this. Oh, of course. You guys are the best. Okay. What? Next time on Oprah. Yes. This was such a good M's gem. Sometimes just riffing on something, sharing stories. I don't think a lot of people know that story. I definitely get to share it on social media. It's been wild, honestly. Like, that was a crazy time. But also, it set the trajectory for who I am, right? And who I'm going to be and continuing to be for the rest of my life. And I was super young. So, yeah. Like, I really feel like I'm here to, like, model that for women. Is to never settle in your desires and really create your version of having it all. Which is different for everybody who's watching this. So, I love you guys so much. Promise yourself right now you're committed no matter what because that's the person that you want to be, because that's the legacy that you want to leave. Please don't get off this live stream and promise that you're committed no matter what. So clients see how confident you are and so they sign up. You'll be unhappy. Trust me. Do this for yourself. Do this for your legacy and remaining in integrity with that legacy, even when no one's watching. Okay. Woo. Okay. Well, with that being said, I will see you guys on Instagram. I love you so much. I hope you have the most amazing weekend and I will talk to you soon.